everyone has to eat at least three times a day. So why not make what you eat an unforgettable experience and get to know different cultures and cuisines while being adventurous with your food? These are the words of my dear friend, fellow podcaster, and the host of the popular show, The Storied Recipe Podcast, Becky Hadid. Becky and I were actually introduced by way of a common friend, and I immediately fell in love with everything Becky does. She is also a photographer, and it's always great to have friends in the industry. And yes, I do consider Becky a dear friend. While this interview was recorded a while back, and shame on me for procrastinating so much, Becky was such a delight to speak with. She shared her culinary beginnings of being introduced to food at an early age with her mom, her family and their food dynamics, as well as how her podcast has really opened her up to so many different cultures, cuisines, flavors, spices, and dishes. My episode on her show was all about, wait, can you guess it? (laughs) If you said chai, then yes, it was all about masala chai and all my wonderful memories of drinking chai with my mom. Becky and I also talked about what it means and maybe does not mean to be a foodie. Her take on this was very interesting, and we ended the interview with a fabulous discussion on who she would invite to her dinner table if she were throwing a dinner party. Her answer both humbled me and got a big smile on my face. I know you are going to enjoy getting to know Becky and her food journey on this episode of Culturally Ours, and I highly encourage you to go check out her show as well. Why not kill two birds, figuratively of course, with just one stone? Welcome to Culturally Ours, a show where we explore global cultural diversity in an intimate way through conversations and narratives around lifestyle, culture, food, art, and travel. Host Karthika Gupta talks to people from all over the world who have intimately experienced different cultures as a way to understand each other's worlds from the inside out, focusing on what we have in common. Welcome, Becky. Thank you so much for joining me on Culturally Ours. I cannot tell you how excited I am to have you on the podcast, and I cannot wait to chat with you and get to know you a little bit better. Oh, thank you for having me. I have a big, big smile on my face just hearing your voice. I'm really honored to be here, Karthika. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So before we begin, could you tell us a little bit about sort of who you are, where you're from, Mm. just to help set the stage for this chat? Mm, yes, I think that's always such a hard question to answer, right? <laughs> so many things about us are um, are so indefinable, you know, right? So, yes. um, so I guess I can kind of tell you who I am right now, right? Like, what are the what are the big parts of my life right now that my mm-hmm. time and mental and emotional energy go to? And so, um, I guess, I guess first, if we're really looking at where those things go, uh, probably just that I'm a mother of four boys and, um, my oldest is 16. So 16, 14, just will be just shy of 11, 11 next Friday and seven. And, um, so my oldest will be going to, we're in a crazy busy phase. That's a lot of different, um, stages of life. Mm. to try to nurture (laughs) right now. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like the needs of a 16 year old and the needs of a seven year old are so different and you're trying to meet all of those. Um, But I'm also trying to 
maximize um maximize all of those and I know that my oldest will be out of the house in two years and my second will be right behind in four years and like as you know that's that's kind of a a blink you know yes yes I have a 15 year old and uh, just turned 12 and my 15 year old is actually currently in um, a summer camp for five weeks Uh, we don't get to see her Uh, we get to speak to her only once on the weekend Um, so it is such a uh, such a different feeling yes. and a scary feeling. So I completely understand when you said yes. the, you know, the the needs, the emotional, physical, mental needs of that age group is so different. <laughs> yes, yes, and yeah, getting them through COVID. I mean, what a difference for you to having her by. Is it your daughter or your son who's fifteen? My daughter who's your 15, daughter. Yeah. yeah, like having her in your home, not even leaving for school for so many months and then completely away for five weeks. That's a I know, massive change. I, that is. And I think she was so ready for it. She was um, like her personality type is actually not somebody who would mm. be doing this. But I think she was just so frustrated being home for mm-hmm. you know a year, yeah. more than a year. She was like, let's do this. I want to yeah. try. <laughs> I want to get away it. from everything. <laughs> Let's take the polar bear plunge. Just go right in. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Becky, with mm. such a uh, beautiful and, and different family, mm-hmm. um, with you know boys and and just mm-hmm. everything around, talk to me a little bit about sort of your food journey. How does mm. food sort of fit into your life, your lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Do you love to cook, or is it something <laughs> you just kind of have to do to survive? Right, right, right. So I um. I was raised by a a great mom and dad who um my brother and I were just talking about this the other day how we would define it we were by no means poor um okay. in large part because we had a familial safety net you mm. know around us like extended family okay. that um you know, just gave gave my parents the option to live somewhat frugally. So my dad was a teacher, um, which is, you know, not among the highest paid jobs out there. He was mm-hmm. great at it. He liked it. It fit our family's lifestyle well. And my mom stayed home. So we lived very frugally um, compared to the area that we lived in. Um, and so because of that, my mom had a really strict grocery budget. I I know that when we were teenagers running cross country, she fed our family for like $100 a week, which wow. is, I, I know, even with inflation, it's quite remarkable, right? Yeah. So yeah. she really planned her meals. And she, I remember going through the grocery store with her, she had this yellow manila pad and she would write down like everything she put in her cart and what it was going to cost. And she added it up. So she kind of knew she would put things back. I mean, she really, they really lived according to a budget. Mm. And um, the reason they, which was a great lesson for me. And um, the reason they were able to do that is because my mom is a phenomenal cook. And, you know, I think what I appreciate about my mom's cooking is like, as you can tell from that story, my mom wasn't leaning on the most expensive choice ingredients to maximize her cooking. Hmm. She was leaning on knowledge and skill and um, just seasoning, yeah, <laughs> yeah. proper seasoning. And so um, I, we always ate well. We ate very well. We ate very nutritiously. You know, there wasn't, if you're living on a tight budget, like there wasn't 
money for chips and ice cream. Like yeah. ice cream from the store was a big treat, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I just appreciate that so much about my mom. I mean, I think she bought, she would buy whole chickens because, you know, boneless skittles chicken press were more expensive. I think she cut up two whole chickens every week for honestly decades, you know, that's <laughs> thousands and thousands of chickens that she cut up. And, um, you know, she would try all sorts of different types of grains and starches to keep us full <laughs> and, um, you know, vegetables. Like I, we definitely had some frozen and things like that because all of that fresh produce, I think would have filled up her entire manila pad, you know? Um, but we had fresh produce as well. Don't get me wrong. So I think my mom just was, a really a master of um, basic cooking done very, very well. And she was a student of cooking. You know, she didn't go to culinary school or anything like that, but um, she would, she would, she would read and she knew the techniques and the sciences behind it. So I've always appreciated that about my mom. And I've just one of those people, like, I feel like those of us who like to cook by nature, I mean, I think I was four or five and I kind of just wanted to make dinner myself. I'm not saying I did, but I just mm. wanted to, I always liked it. And I just feel like we are the luckiest people because everyone has to eat three times a day, every day, right. no matter what. And so if we like it, we're lucky. So I think that just kind of grew and developed as I, as I, as I grew up, I kind of learned from her. I spent a lot of time in the kitchen with her. And then I, I, I definitely know that when, gosh, so when I, when my kids were young, we went to the library every single week. That was a sacred yes. <laughs> routine. And I love the public library system. I am such a believer and supporter in the public library system. And every week I would get a new cookbook and mm. um, try to experiment from it. And so, and then as you know, now I, I host a podcast where yes. I make a brand new recipe every week that are a lot of times completely foreign to me. Like I may not, I, I, um, I very frequently have never heard of it. I often have to go to specialty stores, whether it's a Korean market or a Caribbean market or, um, an Indian market. And fortunately there's a lot of diversity in supermarkets around me to get the ingredients. You know, um, last week I made something with a beef kidney, which was wow. Okay, yes, very adventurous. <laughs> that was the biggest stretch for for me and my family. So, um, so yeah, I think that I'm just a very curious person, mm. and I recognize the significance of food to nurture us, but also to bring us together. And now, you know, through my podcast, also to teach us mm. about the culture and the history and the environment of so many people across the world. Like I always say, food is the one of the few things in this world that is both completely unique, right? Like every culture and then even drill it down to every family takes pride in their particular approach to cooking. It's completely unique, but it's also completely universal. Like a good meal always brings us together. It always um, makes us feel connected to our past, to our heritage, to other people we had to strangers, you know, and it just, I love food because I love to eat <laughs> and I love its taste <laughs> and I love its flavor, but I love it because I'm curious and I love what it teaches me. And I love it for, again, it, it both celebrates the uniqueness of people, 
but also it brings us together. It's a totally universal thing. We all have to eat and we all, we all like it. Hey there. I hope you are enjoying this episode of Culturally Ours. Did you know there are so many wonderful resources, articles, and blog posts on the website to extend your Culturally Ours experience? We also have a library of free resources like a travel guide to some of the most culturally diverse places around the world, a global kitchen essentials cheat sheet, and so much more. Head on over to culturallyars.com forward slash free to grab these and be sure to check back often as we're constantly adding more resources just for you. Now, let's get back to the episode. Absolutely. Oh my God, I have goosebumps, Becky. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you said. I mean, it's, it, it is it is mm-hmm. one of those things that is completely, utterly universal. Mm-hmm. Um but also has those subtle nuances that makes it different. Yeah. And that, that difference is actually extremely beautiful. Yes. Um, you know, I, I'm Indian and I have my, you know, I have my chai. And, yes. <laughs> but, but my chai is so different from the chai that my mother-in-law makes right. or my mom even made or even my friends make. Right. But it's chai. It's, you know, you, you have a cup of chai. You just, I just get immediately transported back home. Yeah. And then when I have chai from somebody else, I kind of, you know, I'm put into the, their place. Yes. into their sort of experiences and their life. Right, so, right. It's a very intimate offering when you absolutely. share someone your food. You really are like inviting them into the entire story of your life and your culture. And you're you're being um, very vulnerable in a way yeah. also because it's something that you like and appreciate so much and it means so much to you and you're inviting them to partake in that. And um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, given your, you know, your kind of experiences with mom and then how Mm -hmm. you have kind of, you know, morphed that morphed into your own version of um, a cook who likes to experiment, who's creative, (laughs) who's curious, like you said, who loves cookbooks, right? Yes. Um, So your so your cooking style, is it a mix of um, like family recipes or completely yeah. new and different things yeah. every week? I mean, is it something like you guys sit on the table and it's like, okay, what is, what are we having today? <laughs> <laughs> this is such a good question because I'm not by nature a very organized person. Mm. Um, that's something I'm constantly fighting against. It's one of my least favorite things about myself is that I'm not naturally <laughs> organized. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's like, yes, it's like you said, it's a combination of something that's just quick and easy. I mean, I'll probably pull some um, some pork chops out of the freezer, defrost them this afternoon. We'll have that on the grill because it's hot outside and who wants to turn mm-hmm. anything else on? And some, honestly, maybe we won't even cook any vegetables. Maybe we'll just have raw vegetables. Maybe I'll throw some potatoes on the sheet pan. I mean, we're talking super basic, but again, if it's well-seasoned and cooked properly, then that's, that's the best meal. But then, you know, yeah, last week I made steak and kidney puddings and we had those for leftovers. My oldest ate one for lunch every day, you know, when we have, um, <laughs> We, we actually still have some of the chai mix that um, I think we've gone through a second round um, <laughs> that you gave us when you were a guest. We just loved it. And so, yeah, it's just this company. I, I hesitate to say it's a combination because I feel like it makes me sound like we're this very you know, eclectic and sophisticated <laughs> and metropolitan eating family. And we're really not. Um, and so I don't really know how to express this 
it, we do a massive variety, but I don't know how to express that without making it sound like we are no, like the ideal eating family. We're definitely all just like eat, you know, raw carrots and chicken nuggets or something sometimes yeah. too, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's just, that just makes you, I don't know, hu- human. <laughs> yeah, <right>? we're busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's, it's, it, we've, I think ever since my uh, kids were young and we, I discovered this whole dessert for breakfast and breakfast for dinner concept. Oh. It's been such a lifesaver. Genius. we've had had cereal for dinner sometimes when it's just you know nothing else this I just don't have the energy or nobody has the energy to even sit down and cook and socialize so it's just like just have a bowl of cereal and be done with it yep and that's that's totally fine right because you have to factor in (laughs) this is the thing you have to factor in not just the cooking time because I'm almost always up for cooking but you have to factor in the dishes and the cleaning up and all of that and I am not always up for that (laughs) oh I agree a hundred percent so what are some of your um like favorite dishes Mm. to to make um Mm. or to eat if they're not the same thing Mm. oh this is this is where you really you really have asked an impossible question because I know it's like asking you which among your four boys do you like the most yeah, right <laughs> but I have a thousand children in this in this circumstance and so I do think we go through again because I'm not naturally a very organized person we do go through um, ruts you know so it's okay. kind of like when you were like well who are you I'm like oh I can tell you what we what we like now mm-hmm. so um, I do in the um, summertime, I do love the grill. I just think it's, it's just quick and easy. And again, you just season something well and and that's great. And I, I like ingredients, um, more in their kind of natural state generally than like casseroles and heavy things like that, you know, but, um, we do, we have added, you know, a lot of things to our repertoire from podcast guests. So we really like, um, beans. Like I think they're super healthy. They're high in fiber. Like I like doing some non, um, meat dishes when I can. And so there's a couple of, um, there's a couple of, um, recipes we've gotten that, really maximize those. And one I'm thinking of in particular that I just love, it's a, it's a Trinidadian dish. Um, okay. Karthika, but it's actually Indian inspired. Like I didn't know, um, that Trinidad had such a high, very strong Indian population, very yep. strong Indian population. It does. And so, um, it's called doubles and it's these, like, it's basically fried bread, but there's this, um, you can help me with my pronunciation, but it's like a chana dal inside. Yeah. Chana dal. Yeah. Oh my word. And so sometimes <laughs> we'll just, Oh, we, we won't even make the fried bread. Like if it's really hot, but we'll make this chana dal and has all these amazing Indian seasonings. And then I'll cut like, um, so in Trinidad, they do cucumber and super hot peppers, you know, scotch bonnet peppers, but I'll do my (laughs) Caucasian palate. I'll do, um, cucumbers and tomatoes and put that on top with like a creamy yogurty, like garlicky kind of, Okay. and I don't know, something like that. just, that's just exploding with flavors. Yeah. And it does have them all layered and mashed together. I yeah. like I like that too. I mm, that sounds Karthika, good. I like to eat everything. <laughs> I really love to eat. <laughs> hey, that works. I mean, I think there are, you know, there are definitely different kinds of people. Like yeah. I I'm not one of those people who is a like I don't consider myself a foodie at all. You know, um, yeah, that's funny because neither do I. And I'll yeah. skip the meal. But yeah. But you know, that's really I, I'm glad you said that because I think that's what I was trying to say earlier. When I'm like, we do try a big um, variety, but I'm really uncomfortable with the term 
foodie and I'm very mm-hmm. uncomfortable applying that to myself because um how can I say this there's almost like an air to it it's it's um I think it's like an elitist term hmm. and for me I just like to eat yeah. <laughs> it's just it's yeah. very almost primal I just yeah. like to eat I and 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 it's just it's just as simple as that you yeah. know yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, is there uh, so that Trinidad dish sounds amazing? Oh yeah. So going along those lines, is there a dish that you are maybe dying to to try out, to master, or to learn mm-hmm. how to make? Mm-hmm. Since you have so much more experience with the Story Recipe podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I can tell you a technique that I'm I'm not um, I've not taken to. <laughs> So I'll answer the opposite first. The opposite is I, um, I, I ever, it seems like whenever I have a guest on from the UK, they give me a dish that's cooked by steaming. Okay. This is like a very, very foreign technique to me. And it is one that I have never taken to. So I've had to steam, um, a cake, you know, they call it a pudding, two different ones of those. I've steamed now this, um, steak and kidney pudding. And there was something else and just like immersing something in hot boiling water for hours and hours to cook. (laughs) And then it never crisps up. I'm such a crispy person. Um, this whole steaming technique is one that I feel like I've experimented with and I could be done with, I could be okay. I could be okay with that. Um, in terms of learning, if I was going to be totally honest, I would love to go to culinary school someday because I think that there's um, techniques that I would like to learn, but I would kind of like to, this would be hard for me, which is why I think I should do it. I would actually like to take a class on um, butchery, on, on, um, yeah, Hmm. on butchery, Hmm. butchering um, animals for several reasons. One, I do feel that my my ethics and my practices are not completely aligned when it okay. comes to my meat eating. So um, I have a lot of vegan guests on and I deeply, deeply, deeply respect the choice that they've made. Mm-hmm. And while I'm not sure that I yet feel compelled to do that ethically, um, I feel like I don't know enough about the process mm-hmm. of raising and um, killing yeah. animals to like justify the choices that I make in terms of how much I eat them. Does that make sense? No, I, it makes absolute sense. And I'll tell you why, because a couple of weeks ago I was in Wisconsin and mm. it was, uh, it was a, it was hosted by Travel Wisconsin, and it was all about their um, agriculture, their, their small farms, and the food, and and how it's the the field to farm, field to table. I guess that's what it's called, yeah, mm-hmm, field to table mm-hmm, concept. Mm-hmm. And so we got to meet a lot of the farmers. We got to talk to them, and part of the experience also included indigenous cuisine Mm -hmm. and so we had this incredible chef uh come on and talk to us and she she's actually a butcher oh uh uh-huh and she talked about how she you know how in indigenous culture um the the food the 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 animal how they harvest the animal what the thought process is and you know how it is take what you need and take only what you need and what you will eat and right it's just the whole practice of 
harvesting the animal, the way she explained it was it has such a beautiful meaning and yeah. connotation and just the whole cultural aspect of it was it just got to me and yeah. I don't eat meat um, that you know I'm completely vegetarian yes. so for me I was like wow that's an incredible way of looking at it and so yeah. when you say the ethics behind doing this mm -hmm. the ethics behind eating meat and trying to understand the process I think when you go through this experience you probably will figure out that you will be definitely more educated in the whole process. And yeah. then you can make a decision on how you want to move forward, right? Right. As opposed to just making it emotionally. Right. Or right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then I think also I would be more equipped to um, utilize, you know, to to honor the life of this, yeah. this animal, right? Yeah. Like it, it did one way or another it gave its life so we could eat. Right. And so yeah. I feel like part of that is exactly what you're saying to use it, um, to use as much of it as possible and to not let it go to waste. And again, I go back to like my mom cutting up those whole chickens. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she used every single part of them because she knew how to do that well. And yeah. I don't feel like I know how to use a lot of parts of a lot of animals. I really, yeah. I really don't. And, um, I mean, you kind of know, like in America, you kind of eat chicken and you eat some beef. You don't really know what to do with other types of poultry. You don't really know what to do with lamb. You don't know what to do with most parts of the animals that you eat. And so, again, like I said, I don't know that I feel compelled ethically to be vegetarian, but I do feel compelled to know more about yeah. um, the choices that I'm making. And so, yeah, I mean... That's just something that I would like to do. That is something that I would like to do. If, it, if I could expand my skills in any way, that's probably the first thing that I that's would do. That's very interesting. Um, I haven't heard that. Like, And it's mm. so funny. It's like this is probably the first time in a span of less than a month I've mm. heard like I've heard of somebody who is a butcher who, who is looking yeah. <laughs> To learn about this thing so it's like okay well what's what's the sign here <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know this this concept goes even beyond just meat right and it, it's like even the vegetables mm. it's so many vegetables they have the roots and then they have the vegetable mm -hmm. can you do something with the root i mm -hmm. instead of just throwing it mm -hmm. can you utilize this in some way and it goes back to like what the story you talked about with your mom I mm -hmm. you know growing up it was similar I mean my mom didn't have um, manila folder she had little baggies of money that she would mm -hmm. she would budget mm -hmm. it so her grocery bill for the week was in this pink yep. purse <laughs> yep. and that's what she took to the to go yeah. grocery shopping when it was gone it was and gone when it was gone it yeah. was gone mm -hmm. and we had to make do with whatever was there so she mm -hmm. for her she used every part of the vegetable yeah. the root and the the actual vegetable yeah. in different dishes and the rice and you know the the like we would strain off the starch from the rice and mm -hmm. that's that's water we would actually use it as a conditioner for the hair um, really? so it's kind of yeah it's the and, starch I mean, from the rice you used as conditioner yep. for your hair <gasps> yep because when That's i was growing up there was no i mean it was not like you could buy a bottle of shampoo and a yeah. bottle of conditioner separately you just got shampoo or you got like the indian version of shampoo okay. and so conditioner was like okay this will just soften your hair yeah. it'll just kind of you know get again the nourishment of the right. rice goes into your hair That's so, so everything was used well right? and yes even i mean if if like soap used to be lye which was mixed yeah. with, which was was it mixed with animal fat or it was 
it was mixed I think with it was mixed fighting. with it right yeah, so again like yeah. you were using everything right yeah yeah hmm. oh this is yeah this is a whole different discussion I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is yeah <laughs> so coming back to food mm. um I know your your table is so diverse and mm. your kitchen is so diverse but do you guys have um, any sort of, or do you have a comfort food or mm. something that you find yourself gravitating towards? Yes. Maybe food <laughs> that you grew up, you know, just kind of make it that special. Um, I think, well, I, I honestly, anything potatoes. Potatoes are my <laughs> comfort food and I okay. just, potatoes and plenty of salt and some fat in them, <laughs> whether yeah. it's from some heavy yogurt or from some butter or anything. Yeah. I just, I really like anything potato. That's what is comforting to me. Um, it really is. I, you know, leftover potatoes. Like if we have leftover potatoes, I always eat them for breakfast the next morning. Um, I don't know what it is about those. I think, uh, I know my husband, um, he's always found success if he just needs to like trim up a little bit with a low carb diet. And okay. I tried once when we were married and um, it was a disaster for me. <laughs> and everybody has all their reasons why your body just has to get used to it. I call foul. No, I think some bodies just need carbs. I think female bodies in general tend to yeah. need carbs. And mine, mine is definitely one of those. Um, so yeah, I just, I like potatoes. They, they do. They're very comforting for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I and um, for me, I mean, I I liked potatoes. I grew, like mm. um, a lot of my cousins. My one cousin in particular is such a potato fanatic. He has to have potatoes cooked <laughs> a certain way that his grandmother started, and so now his his mom learned, and now his wife has learned as well. And so he has to have th- those potatoes every day. Every, every day. day, every day. Even if he has just a cup, it's it's like you know diced up really small. And oh. uh, fried in like oil, oh. not like fried fried, but like yeah, really yeah. sauteed well yeah, in sauteed, oil yeah. uh-huh. with a whole bunch of chili and salt, and that's it. That's oh. that's, that's that's his potato dish. I mean, listen, to have. that sounds amazing, <laughs> chili and salt. But I would get tired of anything every yeah. day. I no, do get tired to, of food. Yeah. So he's he's uh, in his forties, and I can say very confidently that he's had it every single day of his life. That's incredible. Um, so talk about comfort food. Talk about <laughs> comfort food, indeed. Yes. <laughs> now, on the flip side, um, are you kind of, would you consider yourself sort of adventurous in your eating habits? Or are there things that you know you will never eat? Am I adventurous in my eating habits? I, again, I think there's this kind of dichotomy here that for the podcast, I'll try anything. Mm. But when I'm walking through the grocery store, like I always think about my salads, right? I mean, there's probably four dozen different types of greens or vegetables that you can put in your salads. But I kind of always end up with the same six or seven in my cart, which again, I don't think that's to my credit. I think that's something I should work on, you know? So I think it's one of those things. I'm probably, I'm probably not as adventurous as I appear. You know, Um, so I will try anything. Um, I eat chicken feet (laughs) with a friend (laughs) of mine. That was (laughs) exciting. But I don't, um, I tend to gravitate towards what's familiar. Okay. 
more than I like wish about myself, you know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So taking that familiar yeah. um, concept, uh-huh. if you could cook one dish for the rest of your life. Oh, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> So you do have your staples, but you're also yeah. quite adventurous in. Yo, yeah. Um, oh, okay. yeah. I, well, okay. going back to my mom, my mom always said, she would say it about everything, not just cooking. Variety is the spice of life, which is really actually ironic because my parents are very regimented people. So <laughs> it's a little bit tongue in cheek, maybe even. But um, no, definitely. I do like variety. I, I do. I do like variety. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now this is going to be a little bit of a shift from like the kitchen and the food yeah. conversation. Sure. So in terms of like restaurants and eating okay. out, um, mm-hmm. do you have a favorite restaurant? And if mm. so, why is it your favorite? Mm. It could be for a variety of reasons. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So usually when we go to eat, it's all six of us. And, um, or my husband and I are leaving so late for a date. We're just super hungry. And we just want to get somewhere and eat really fast. I think that's another reason I don't consider myself a foodie is mm. that we don't, I, I, we've realized this about when we travel. So, um, the last time my husband and I got to go somewhere together, um, just the two of us, we went to London and Ireland. Um, yeah. And as we were planning the trip, um, and people would give us recommendations, people, um, of course, because this is very popular, would give us recommendations for restaurants and places to mm. eat and things like that. And what we realized is we do not travel to eat at all. The only recommendations I was looking to follow up on were like solitary hikes and things like that. Like I, when I travel, I want to go see things, Mm. um, especially landscapes that I've never seen before. And I just want to be in them by myself or just with my family. Like we, we, um, organize our trips around getting to these beautiful places and experiencing them at times where not as many people are there and food is totally secondary to us. So I think that's another reason I don't call myself a foodie is that a lot of people will plan trips or like if my husband and I are going on a date, it'll be like, um, we'll more say, well, where do you want to go? Do you want to go to DC to walk around? Do you want to go on a hike at Great Falls? Do you want to go to Baltimore? And the food will almost be an afterthought. Like, believe me, we eat, (laughs) we do eat, but it's not, um, it's not what we plan things around. So that, like, I could tell you kind of amazing meals I've had out, but they would almost be as much because of the experience as for the meal. And, um, and because I do like to cook and I get, I get a massive diversity of books from the cookbooks from the library and I try a lot of things. Yeah. I, okay, this is going to sound terrible, Karthika. And I, I don't think I'm a master chef by any reason, but <laughs> I often am like, eh about the food that I get at restaurants. I, I I know that's because I'm not going to the right ones, but I just, I don't know. Eating out is not, it's not, again, it's not to me what people probably think it is to me since I have a whole podcast and Instagram account based on food. That's completely fair. Yeah. Um, that's that's <laughs> absolutely Thank fair. you. <laughs> I no, feel very I, defensive I, about this answer. <laughs> no, no, don't be. Cause my, you know, my mom, my mother-in-law is the same way. She's an incredible cook. Um, she can pretty much cook anything 
from a book or if somebody talks to her about a recipe, she's so enthusiastic about coming back and trying it immediately. Mm. So for her, food is, I mean, she's so good at it that it's almost like it's her it's her calling. It's her vocation. Mm. It's like something she really loves to do. Mm. So when we tell her, like when she c- comes and visits and we be like, oh, let's go out to eat. She's like, why? Oh. I can make the same thing at home. Yeah. Why do you want to go to a restaurant? Yeah. Why do you want to waste all that money? We can yeah. have we can have the exact same meal in like yeah. more, almost like half the price. And we it's try true. to help her understand that, you know, it's the experience. It's yes. going. She's like, but we can do all of that at home. Yes. So what's the big deal? <laughs> right. And that's, and that's where I'm like right in between you guys. And that's where I go back to my statement about I'm always up to cook, but I'm not always up for dishes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. why I go out to eat to not do dishes. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Hey, I'm right there with you. I just, there are days when I don't want to cook. I don't want to make you know, I don't want to do anything in the, I don't want to step yes, foot in the kitchen. Yes. And I don't I'm like, all right, the so floor one more time or, <laughs> you know, wipe down the counters or even load. Yeah. And it's funny because my kids are very, um, I mean, the way we do it, we don't really necessarily have chore charts or anything, but after dinner, we all get up from the table and like, nobody goes off and does their thing until mm. the kitchen and kind of the adjoining rooms are put back together and neat and clean, you know? So it's That's not awesome. like I'm a martyr and I do this all by myself, but it still feels like I do it all day, every day. And I just sometimes don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. So this is a very, I think, I think it's a fun question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so say you have, you invite some people mm. that you admire the most to a dinner party at home. Mm. Who are they and mm. what would you serve? Yes. So this is, this is a really good question. And this actually gets to a, um, like kind of a fundamental struggle that I actually also do have with the podcast, especially as it grows and I'm getting more, um, I'm getting more publicists reaching out to me, Mm. um, like pitching their clients to come on the podcast. And as I look for guests and I handle, I just handle this because, um, I think that at a very fundamental level, you know, I might be misquoting this. Okay. So if somebody's listening and I have this wrong, feel free to connect, correct me. But I think that it was Mother Teresa. Someone once asked her, who is the greatest Christian in the world? Because of course, you know, Mother Teresa was a Christian and she said, it's someone we don't know. It's someone mm. who's suffering alone, um, perhaps in a hospital bed somewhere. And I think that what I love about doing the podcast that I do and what motivated me to do it is that I fundamentally believe that the people that I most admire and most want to learn from and most want to be like are almost by definition, not celebrities Mm. um, and are not successful necessary no no I don't want to say that I'm going to retract that statement but um good and right and virtue and morality have been so um they've become so branded Mm. that I am like (laughs) I'm a little bit of a skeptic or a cynic by nature and I'm almost um, not drawn to those people, if that makes any sense to you. Um, 
they're not the people that I necessarily, for instance, want to have on the podcast. I am interested in people who have found success and have managed to do it in a way that is very, um, well, I'm interested in anyone who has found success because I know that hard work and sacrifice have gone along with that. And those are, and passion. And those are three things that I really admire. Um, Mm. Passion, work ethic, curiosity, those types of things. So I almost want to say an answer to your question that it would be yeah. I mean, literally right before I came into the call, I had to be like, I'm sorry, I got to run in. I was talking, we have a new neighbor and I was just learning things about this person. This man who lives next door to me, Karthika, did not walk from the ages of six to 13. He was in a hospital bed almost all of those years. Like, I think I'd rather have that person. I I would rather have my neighbor come over and learn about that. I know what he does Mm. for a living. Like I know that he now depends on the strength of his body. It's like, how did you go from that person to this person? You know what I mean? So I I know this is basically a long-winded way of saying that I really believe that every, I love having new people to dinner. We love having um, friends and family, but also new people to dinner because I genuinely do believe everyone has a story, has something to teach. And it's the people that are unsung that we often have the most to learn from. So again, I feel a little defensive. I feel like I'm speaking all of your answers. No, (laughs) I I love that. that. I love what you said. The unsung (laughs) is the other people that are most interesting. You're so right. Because that's that's the lives we're living, right? And I'm not necessarily interested in talking to someone who has carefully polished a persona or who mm-hmm. came into some sort of um, viral success. Like, mm-hmm. I don't actually have that much to learn from that person. Mm-hmm. I have something to learn from that person that has also struggled with maybe some of the same internal issues that our family struggles with, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, the things that we're not going to talk about, or, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. that's the life that I'm living. And yeah. that's, it's like, again, you, you everybody always says this, but it's true. Like, I ask myself all the time, who's going to be in the room with me when I'm dying? And yeah. what will I want to have done for those people? Like, what will I want to have seen in their life, you know? Yeah. And um, it's the everyday no, people that can teach me the most about that. that. That's absolutely fair. And that's, you know, it's it's how you live. This answer is so varied, right? I mean, mm. I... If somebody says, oh, my name, like you said, your neighbor, I would, if I had to invite people, I would invite my parents, mm-hmm. um, even mm-hmm. though I've lived with them, you know, I've, I've my entire life with them, but now at this stage of my life, they're not there. And I would love to have them oh, over for dinner. Yeah. So it's just, the, the answers are so different. Yeah. Um, it just, it's, it's just, I think it's a fun question. <laughs> it, it, is a, it is a fun question. Yes, because it does, it reveals so much about the values, right? Of the person who's mm-hmm. answering it. Yeah. And, and I, so what would yeah. you serve? What would I serve? <laughs> yeah, what would you serve? What would you pick to, to serve? Oh, gosh. I mean, again, it depends on the season. It depends. The first thing I would do is ask them if they have any allergies or aversions. Okay. That's the first thing. And then there's a good chance I'd ask my family, like, oh, what are you guys in the mood for? And then, I mean, it could be anything. It could be super, super simple, hamburgers on the grill, to, oh, we just tried this brand new recipe in this cookbook, and we're going to go for it. So I just... 
gosh, I'm the worst guest ever. I can't no, answer these questions. No, I love it. No, I-, I love it because it goes it goes it goes with everything that you've already mm. said, right? I mean, you have you've you've talked about how how you've gone from, you know, life with mom to mm to your kitchen now to how the podcast your podcast influences the way you guys eat and the way you guys experience food and the way you you talked about the way you travel so it's all consistent i it, oh, good. don't worry oh, good. i hope i don't just sound like i'm being difficult because i'm really not oh absolutely not absolutely not oh. this has been such a wonderful experience for me to get to know sort of oh, you and your thought process thank you Thank you so much, Becky. This was amazing. And I'm so glad we connected. Absolutely. My pleasure, my honor. And just going back to what I was saying, like, I think like, you know, we mentioned about we were both a little burnt out. And this has been really great for me to just reconnect and remember, I do love food. And I love trying new things. And so, you know, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. And I just it's helped me kind of go back and delight in that, that I get to try so many new things all the time. So thank you for re- reigniting my enthusiasm today. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Culturally Ours. Check out the show notes at culturallyours.com. If you've enjoyed the show, please be sure to hit subscribe, leave us a review and share it with your family and friends.